0: And welcome to the 33rd episode of Mega 10 Marathon. It's a game by game journey through the uh, Shin Megami Tensei and uh, Persona games. And uh, yeah, on this episode, at long last, we are doing the final episode, the final three chapters of. Raido Kuzanoa versus the soulless army and uh yeah so who am I here with
1: hi I'm Alex Dorado Wolf and I'm Elisa James
0: and uh how are y'all feeling about uh this final third
2: the ending is <laughs> spectacular <laughs> I <laughs> it's something all right <laughs>
0: So I guess full disclosure it's you know because of a lot of reasons we've had to postpone this recording and so we're a little hazy on some of the things. So if we seem a little vague on certain aspects please forgive us. Um it's been a while and we've had to reschedule a few times partially and partially because of uh my uh infant baby not going along with <laughs> our yeah. scheduling plans so um yeah we appreciate your uh we appreciate your patience and uh hope you enjoyed that episode we did before uh this one on the um uh, liberation dx2 um yeah, yeah it's lot, still it's still a lot of fun and we got alex in on the game i think finally
2: yeah <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun yeah oh. how are you liking it out I just
1: downloaded it. I haven't actually started playing it yet. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, looking forward to giving a phones are everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice because it's like if I've got the baby and she's just like unconsolable and she's just screaming on my shoulder and like nothing I do is going to calm her down until she just cries herself to sleep, which is sometimes what happens. Like, I'm like, oh, I guess I can play some uh, shimagami Megami Tensei on my phone. <laughs> yeah. You know? And this is after I've, like, tried to, like, rock her and burp her and all these kind of things. It's a baby thing. Yeah. Anyway, this is not a baby podcast. This is a Shin Megami <laughs> <Sensei> podcast. <laughs> Does anybody want to be brave enough and try and do a recap oh, of what happened in the previous episode? Oh god. <laughs> uh, okay, I can. I, I have yeah. the notes. I can oh. just do like a really quick. I have the notes right in front okay, of me. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Nurumi came home. She was beaten. Uh, military informant was with her. You head to a nameless shrine. You hear up. Uh, meet up with the herald of i <laughs> Yadigarasu, if I get are cursed, and to get rid of the curse, you have to fight a tree monster named Hit- Hitoko Tonusi. Basically, uh, this military guy explains to you that the evil general cursed the admiral, and you did good. The red cape phenomenon is due to the radio towers the army has been building, which make certain people go crazy and cause the Hiroki do- demons to grow in their minds. You're then sent to Sakura, Sakura Diana. And you just like basically find your, uh, find the general. See, Rasputin showed up, freezes us with purple electricity, got, and then basically got sent into an emotional rift. Yeah, you're, at, and then you were back in Sukudo cho, which was like kind of a parallel universe, I think. Memory serves me.
1: Yeah, it you know, was yeah. a
0: parallel Universe. Yeah. yeah, and then Yeah. And then you got a bunch of prisms or something like that. Your Doppelganger takes you to a bridge and basically does a ritual to send you back home. There's some evil looking thing that comes out of the ground and pulls you down into a void portal thingy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Raiu to uh yeah, the other Raidu collapses not sure if that was supposed to happen or what okay that's how we ended up there something happened in between there but i can't remember you go to another dimension
1: it's maybe tangentially relevant to what happens next
0: a little but not
2: much so yeah
1: and if you if you feel like we're not doing a very good job of explaining this the game doesn't do a good job of explaining things (laughs) exactly um so this is really the true experience. Uh, we're we're keeping we're keepin it in the spirit yeah. of the
0: game. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. We're kind of like half out of it, and uh, the game is also sort of the narrative. Yeah, also
1: especially in these last very... chapters, the game decides that it really doesn't need to explain what's going on.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess the, the programmers had babies, too. And they're like, you know what? Right, we got far enough. We'll just throw some dungeons in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, maybe uh, once we get to uh, the sequel um, in 2022 mm-hmm. or whenever, <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, you know, have a little more insight. But yeah. So do you want to start us off with uh, what happens chapter in chapter 10, now? Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm doing Chapter 10. Oh, you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no, it's okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, Raido, you know, finally returns to his dimension, heads over to the detective agency. Um, Nurumi's not there, but he finds a note from him saying that, you know, he's finally going to actually do something for once, which, you know, nice, but you still gotta go find him anyway, because you're the, you're the hero. So and because you're a child you should stay out of this because it's dangerous um uh and the note mentions the navy as well so you know our best friend companion cat suggests that we check out the navy hq so make our way down there um uh, we run into your friend the navy informant uh as noted the one guy in the military with the character portrait so <laughs> um and he explains that the army's undead um, army attacked Navy HQ and basically the Navy retreated to protect the Admiral. So, um, of course, he still doesn't know where Narumi is. So, as you're going, you know, you go back to the detective agency. And if you're going around, it's kind of like a bit, you know, crazy right now because you have like these undead army people like actually attacking civilians. So, it's like, oh my God, it's pretty messed up actually. <laughs> Um, so you go back to the detective agency, Rasputin is, uh, waiting for you there. Uh, he tells you that since his contract for, uh, Munakata is fulfilled, he has nothing against you anymore, and he offers to help. And, you know, and then he also talks about how he's not really into what Munakata's doing, and, um, some mysterious line about he once had, like, an obligation that he couldn't meet because of his pride, um... Yeah, and of course, that's not really explained. Like, I don't know, maybe you just have to look back at the game or something. I didn't, I couldn't figure that out. But um, he also says some nonsense about he's an immortal Russian priest, demon summoner, whatever, who bent the royal family of Russia to his will. And, but now he has to think for himself because that's what humans uh, need to do. Um, of course, the cat points out the obvious that there's no need, reason to trust him, but you don't really have much of an option anyway, because there's no other leads. So, um, Resputin gives you two orbs. Uh, what were they called? They were the, uh, Chigayashi orb and the, uh, Shiomitsu orb. So you have to take those, uh, to, uh, Kasumi Mori, which is some random spot on the map, uh, you get by, uh, riding the Tarisk. Uh, and, you know, basically this, these orbs open up a dungeon. So now you have the hardest puzzle in the game. This is very tough. You take these orbs and you have to put them in the eyes of the statue. And if you get it wrong, you do it again. I know, <laughs> but, um, then it gets stuck anyway. And you have to use a uh, demon with uh, the force ability to force the mechanism and then you just stand on two switches. Um, obviously, Rydal stands on one. Goto stands on the other. Um, or, you know, sorry, not the Godal. The, uh, the, that would actually make sense. So, whoopsies, the game didn't do that. You have to use your demon to stand on the other. Uh, and then you go into the well to get back into the secret base. So, dungeon itself is pretty short. Um, it's not that hard. It's just like the elemental gates again with the... Um, um, it's uh, a uh, demons, and they like making walls. Uh, that actually, those those demons are probably some my favorite part of this dungeon. They're hilarious. Uh, I would honestly say the best thing either is if you play that dungeon yourself, or even look up a YouTube video. But they they're, it's, it's it's surprisingly funny. Um, so then you know you have a you find a sleepy mini boss demon who you awaken and you fight. Um, easy stuff then your progress is blocked by a demons only gate, which, uh, tells you, you need to remove. Um, so basically the solution doesn't depend on sending a demon past it. You have to go find an Eppon who removes it for you. Um, basically you'll find one who retired because some kid broke his last wall, which was of course you last time you were in the base. And, you know you have to basically goad him into breaking it with the old well, if you're so good at walls, break this wall trick um past that, you meet Narumi who uh you know realizes, uh yeah, you're kind of a devil summoner who's been using your power this whole game, so yeah, just come help out now, so he also he also gets a little serious moment because he mentions that he used to work uh for the army and um. He knew Munakata back in those days as well. So it was actually some pretty interesting backstory with that. You know, actually gives you a little um, more fleshing out for Nerumi. Uh, then you confront Munakata, and it turns out that he's been dead all this time. And he's possessed by a Sukuna Hikona, who crawls out of his mouth. And yeah, pretty awesome, like, creepy animation. So... Uh, basically, his motivations is that he wants revenge on the Amatsu for what they did to his people. Um, and there is a mythological background, um, which is tied into that. Uh, we'll go into that later on. Uh, but no, it's not really well explained in the game. You kind of have to, you know, do the digging in yourself. Um, so then there's a cutscene um, where the uh, Kiruko, those crab Demon things all fly from the radio tower and attach to the battleship, um, which turns into a giant mech. Oh, shoot. And then I'll go into the boss yeah. fight. Okay, so uh, right after, you know, uh, we have the battleship turning into a giant mech, we have the boss fight with uh, Tokoyami. Uh, uh, what was it? What was it? It was, yeah, Tokoyogami, excuse me, Sukuna Hikona. Uh, which I thought was an interesting choice because, you know, Sukuna Hikona is like in in Japan. No, Shinto mythology is the, um, is the uh, guardian of like Japan. So it's kind of interesting that like that guardianship sort of warped into what we have right now, which is like someone who's, I guess, wants to like change Japan like this because they feel like this is what Japan has to become and, even if that sacrifices a lot of people.
1: So, um, yeah, this is one of those things that the game does not explain, and you yeah. think it's going to explain at the end, but it does not. Um, so digging around into a little of uh, the mythology for context. So Sukuna Hikona is um, generally a very positively portrayed Japanese deity associated with like medicine and earth and all of that stuff. And he belongs to a class of kami uh, called the, uh, the Kanitsukami, Um, or the Kami of Earth, who are um, defined as separate to the uh, Amatsukami or the Kami of Heaven. And now the game, very quickly, like in one line or two, implies that the uh, Amatsukami betrayed the Kunitsukami somehow, uh, and that his plan to possess this general and raise this soulless god thing... uh, is some revenge plot, but this is all we ever find out about that. Um, yeah, so it... Um, <laughs> I think uh, from the little bit of uh, research I did that it does come up again in the sequel uh, to this game, but definitely the uh, the Amatsukami kunitsukami thing plays more of a role in the sequel. But for this game, uh, like, they explain literally nothing. <laughs> Just, uh, like, you have to... You have to look up what what Amatsu and Kunitsu are. it just nothing.
2: <laughs> so um so yeah, so uh once this happens, you know, uh it's a very interesting design for uh Sukuna Hikona. uh It touches on what we were just talking about that you know, normally, you know Sukuna Hikona is a very positive uh god, um but then like it's designed here. It's very, like, warped and really, like, you know, gross-looking, honestly. And, uh, of course, that portrays pretty well how, like, you know, uh, um, how far from that positivity uh, this guy has fallen just for, like, its revenge, you know, on on whatever happened. We're assuming, you know, the whole portrayal thing is what caused this issue. But also, it was really creepy, too. I, I like the scene, how you know, it kind of emerges from, um, uh, his mouth, you know? And it was just like, it was like this extra kind of creepiness on top of that, just to like, kind of put it, you know, hone in that, you know, this guy's been dead all this time, (laughs) 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 you know, it was, it was, it was actually really great. So that was a really cool visual. Um, Also, this boss itself is, uh, really hard and annoying, uh, cause it does that thing where, you know, it's like, oh, let's give it a super defense. So basically your physical damage is going to be like 50 HP at the most. So, you know, you can tell it's going to be a long battle. Um, and of course it does that really annoying thing where it can, uh, permanently seal your demons, for the match with, like, a certain ability. I think it's called, like, Summon Hiruko. Um, so it gives it gives the protagonist a bind status, but it seals the demon. So you got to constantly swap your demons out to uh, avoid that. And, you know, as you're, like, trying to avoid all this damage you're taking and you have to, you know, you're basically doing chip damage. So it's a really long, grueling battle. Uh... In return, though, he's, like, weak to a lot of elements. Like, apparently, yeah, fire, ice, electric, and force. So, they give you that, at least. But, you know, it's still a really, really difficult battle. Um, Let's see. So, um, af- yeah, yeah. So, um, after the fight, uh, Narumi uh, talks a bit, you know, um... And I'm trying to remember, what was it? what was like a good summary of what he was saying, if it was anything important, because I'm blanking out.
0: <laughs> I am too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said that. I think he said that before. It was like at the, um, was it at the uh, end of chapter nine, I believe, when he uh, revealed all that?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But um, so, you know, after, after, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because then after... <laughs> Yeah, and then after that you go off to, you know, stop this uh soulless god. Um and then it goes right into uh chapter eleven.
0: Yeah, so chapter eleven, uh Raidu and uh Narumi are in the office and uh they're uh trying to discuss how to defeat the soulless god who's uh destroying the city. So um yeah, being, being in, the, in the office is probably the safest place to be uh, deciding that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, ultimately they uh, decide that the satellite um, that uses perpetual motion to give the monster god energy has to be the weak spot. So uh, Raidu, he goes off to talk to the rocket professor in the junkyard. The uh, professor uh, has a rocket, and he's willing to help blow up the satellite. But uh, first, you need to get some like data and information about the satellite, or get data from the satellite. Um, and um, basically, you know, so kind of a lucky break. The guy, your buddy from the Navy has a dossier full of useful info about the satellite that he got from a uh, Russian scientist. And um yeah.
2: Of course. Of course. <laughs>
0: um yeah, for some reason the rocket scientist uh, suggests that you go talk to Victor because he's foreign and might know Russian. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> Luckily, uh, he uh, he uh, does know Russian, and he is Russian himself. He uh, tells you that he doesn't think the info in the dossier is enough to take dossier is enough to take down the satellite, but he thinks that an android with an advanced AI that he's possibly been tinkering with might be able to get the job done. And, uh, your cat remembers that, uh, Rasputin was an android. This is definitely not, this is definitely nothing that we knew earlier. No, it was not. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, okay, we got to find, uh, we got to find uh, Rasputin because he can do the job. Um, because he's an android and he doesn't need in space. Um, so you set off to find him. He's at the you know soda bar, uh, <laughs> quote unquote, uh, hit, hit, hitting on uh, Tay, and uh, would rather keep uh, you know hitting on her than uh, help you save the world because you know Rasputin is uh, you know always been a you know, stand up guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Raidu, Raidu bashes him over the head with a bottle. Um yeah. yeah we uh then cut to uh Victor's lab uh we don't get to see if there was any kind of uh ensuing bar fight or anything <laughs> yeah, and uh you know so yeah he he agrees because he's now headless um <laughs> and um you know he uh kinda tips you off that the rocket isn't gonna be enough to destroy the satellite, but there's a way to manually shut it down once you get up there. So what do you got to do is uh, send one of your demons up there, do the job for you because demons don't have to breathe. Uh, the cat decides to go too, uh, for some reason. Apparently he doesn't have to breathe either. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you, you control, uh, once uh, you're up on the space station or uh, your, d- your demon is on the space station, you're kind of controlling it remotely and you uh, shut down the satellite and, uh, yeah, there's this, like, pretty elaborate scene of the soulless god kind of shutting down. Um, it's really cool. Uh, sadly, uh, Goto has no way to get back to Earth, though apparently he's a spirit since he doesn't need to uh, breathe. And so he monologues a little bit with uh, about how Raidu is the best of the Kusanoas that he's worked with. Which has been since uh the second one and that he believes in him, and so uh the space station explodes, and uh yeah, it's kind of sad because uh you're uh you're losing your buddy
2: uh, um
1: all right, so I guess that brings us to chapter twelve um so Narumi and Raidu go uh go to check on the lifeless soulless god thing uh it seems to be dead, but then uh your old friend Kaya, the possessed girl from the rest of the game, shows up and kind of brings it back to life with magic uh, and disappears into a a dimensional vortex thingy. Um, So then your cat, who is dead, tells you that uh, you should use the thing that you used to get back from the alternate dimension a couple of chapters ago to follow Kaya and the mech to wherever they went. But first, you need to go talk to... all of the people you've made friends with, the course of the game to, over the course of the game to power it up. Uh, this is very similar to what you see at the uh, end of a Persona game, where the friends you made along the way power you up. But
0: or countless other it's much countless other uh, JRPGs. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not terribly effective uh, because you had no agency in building any of these relationships. Yeah, exactly. Or in, or anything. Uh, So it's just talk to the NPCs that you had to talk to earlier, and then they say really nice things to you to power up your magic thingy. Um, But, you know, it's just talking to some NPCs, so it's quick and painless. Yeah. So then you go back to the Dark Realm version of the bridge thing where you warped worlds and initiate the dimension transfer thing. And you find yourself in the last dungeon, which I think can only be called a crazy time corridor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. is nuts uh i mean it's not that hard or anything particularly like it's challenging um but not like some final dungeons and smt games or anything but the basic mechanic is you go and find these hourglasses which like represent different decade things and destroy them to like open gateways and when you do that you have to redo all the boss fights from the rest of the game basically
2: ah boss um
1: Yeah, um, so it's a boss rush, but it's kind of paced out throughout the dungeon, which um, I kind of like uh, and kind of don't like. Um, these are just basically the same fights from earlier, but with, um, you know, the, uh, the bosses have pumped stats, including some bosses where your cat tells you what to do in the original version of the fight. He still does that in the refight, again, even though he is dead. <laughs> uh, and they don't even like cover it with like. Th- there's just I don't, maybe these are supposed to be your memories. If I'm being charitable, uh, but that doesn't actually make sense because like the hourglass things are connected to different decades and different possible futures. Yeah, and it's hinting at something that seems cool um, and complicated, but you really don't have enough to go on uh, to understand really the implications of what any of it means. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's some good variation in the dungeon. There are a couple of, like, uh, your Lost Woods-style puzzles where you have to go left, then right, then left. Uh, that's a reference to the Lost Woods in Zelda, if you didn't know. Oh. Uh, where, where you have to leave screens uh, in a specific... Like, you leave screens which loop back to the same screen, but then you go around the other side in a specific pattern, oh. and eventually you get out. Um, I think Zelda invented that. That's the earliest place I've seen it, certainly. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Um, then towards the end, you do meet that dog at the junkyard who asks you your favorite thing. And then if you can like tell his reincarnated form what it is, he regains faith in humanity and gives you some cool items. So that's cool. And then there are you know, just other little demon puzzles and stuff to um, kind of vary it up. It, it's a pretty good final dungeon. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and then at the end, uh you get to fight the possessed kaya and you get to find out who's possessing her. And it turns out to be Raidu Kuzanoa from the future, who went back in time to change the past, to prevent a dictatorship in the time that he's from. <laughs> or she, <shooting>, I guess. <laughs> um because I'm not sure if it's a gender specific title. Who knows? Um, I assume that this would be explained more after you fight. It is not. Nice. Um, what I just said is perhaps more detailed than what the game says. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, then you have a fight. Uh, w- it's cool. It's like a sword duel thing. Um, different from the... Uh, pretty different feeling than some of the uh, prior boss fights. Um, but, you know, since the since Raido's combat mechanics are so kind of straightforward, like, it's not... Like there's only so much you can do there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But um, you know it's it's not a bad fight. I had to do it one or two times um before I kind of got the rhythm, because there is you know ultimately going to be just a simple pattern you follow and read her signals, and then that's that.
2: Yeah, like yeah, this these battles would have been a lot better if it was um the actual turn base. You probably had a lot more strategy going on with them and variants. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. So then. After that fight ends, you move on to the next fight, uh, which is with the battleship, which is in boat form right now instead of mech form. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a, um, this is a fairly uh, complex fight just in terms of what's going on. Uh, basically you get like a wave of demon things showing up and you have to fight those. And then while the battleship is shooting stuff at the battleship is in the background and like shooting stuff at uh, the whole area where the fight's happening. So you have to dodge that while fighting the demons and exploiting elemental weaknesses and all that. And it goes through a cycle of different attacks. And, um, you know, then eventually it moves up and you hit the, hit the boat with your sword
0: uh, <laughs> it's and it's a cool until
1: you. Yeah. It's, a,
0: it's a cool fight. Um.
1: Yeah, no, it is a cool fight. Like this is, um, given the the combat system's limitations, this is a very interesting and complicated mm-hmm. fight, and I I liked it a lot actually. It was good level of challenge, interesting stuff going on. Um, felt a little silly to whale on a boat with a sword, but here we are. Um. I think it probably had a little too much HP too. Like because you would have to wait for a whole cycle to go through before you it became vulnerable again. Yeah. So it got a little old at the end. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that's that's not a major criticism. Um then so we get
0: really remarkable happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. The
1: then uh the the boat turns into a robot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can you can you believe it guys? I'm, I'm t- the boat turned into a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest twist of the game. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um oh part, and uh this part I, of the game kind of um this part of the fight kind of was almost gave me some like uh nearer near Automata vibes. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I can see that definitely.
0: Which goes back to the thing Man. I said in the first episode which is that I would love, like, a continuation of this series that was developed by Platinum Games. (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, no, this... Yeah, I would love to see Platinum do just something like this. To do... Yeah, I agree, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. Um, Yeah, a Platinum-style combat system would be much better. Uh, In this case, it's just a big robot, and get this... You have to destroy the arm. And then, like, you do it separately from the main boss. It's, yeah. And then you destroy the other arm. And then you... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you fight it like a giant robot with destructible arms. Yeah, which is cool. It's, it's fine. And you thought that was the last one, but it's not.
2: <laughs> um,
1: and it's the Now best there's one. another boss... Uh, yep this time it's uh like uh sort of a pillar with a lady's face
0: (laughs) yeah and the lady has these kind of like undulating like kind of like i don't know like even kind of like like starfish kind of arm things behind her face like that i think it was just like her hair but it I don't know. It's hard to hard to yeah. describe, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, each this of these is stages kind of is, like
0: uh, has a deep... crazy woman's face with this like undulating, like I don't know, like tendrils or not tendrils, but like you know, sort of like squid arms coming out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess it's worth saying, I forget if I mentioned this in a previous episode, but the soulless god thing, uh, which they call Yasumagatsu, Magatsu, is um, kind of a spin on, uh, well, not a spin on, is uh, a reference to kind of a general kami of disorder, bad guy thing in Shintoism uh, that was created when Izanagi returned from the underworld and uh washed himself and like the stuff he washed off of himself became this evil chaos commie thing yeah um basically it's a good commie to use as a big bad guy um yeah that's all i really have to say about that (laughs) (laughs) mythology wise um pretty standard shows up as a boss in a lot of smt games because it's a good you know mythology figure to use as a boss Basically, um, So the this final fight um, it's pretty hard um, but not that bad like um, it has some attacks which uh, create areas of the uh, battlefield where you can't really walk um, so it's just using a lot of your limited movement to move around efficiently um, yeah then you hit it until it dies basically <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys have anything else to add it's a video game boss pretty much
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's not like um i mean it's still a little um tedious because you know it has that super defense that a lot of these uh late game bosses seem to have um so you just gotta kind of wail on it i know um yeah you just remove the arms first and then avoid it's uh beam attacks um and honestly, if you just have a demon that can, like, heal really well, it's, you know, you're basically good. Yeah.
1: Um, like, this is not a bad boss fight or anything, but because we just did three other boss fights, yeah. you're going to be just kind of like, okay, is this the last <laughs> one? I hope this is yeah. the last <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh, at, at this point, like, even if this was a great boss fight. Exactly. You feel done. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. Um, but then you beat it. And then Rido and Kaya kind of fall through this star void thing. If you've seen the opening cutscene of Mist, it's kind of like that. Yeah. And then, like, there, there's this rainbow spirit thing which represents the Raido from the future who's possessing Kaya that's, like, holding on to her. And it's cool. And then Rido, the Rido, Raido, uh, cuts his arm off. And they separate, and then you and her land back on that bridge where this whole adventure began. Mm-hmm. And then she thanks Raido, and together they watch, over, they watch the the sunrise over Tokyo and that giant, dead, soulless god core. And then the game ends. <laughs> what the hell? Yep. Just nothing. No closure. No anything. Just like, well, the sun came up and the thing is over. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you, like, go back to, you know, the office, there's another case to, like, solve, and there's a, like, black crow looking down as uh, Ryu heads out.
2: Right. And,
0: uh, yep, that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah, basically. hmm
1: Yep. Um, so, you know, people talk a lot about video games spending way too much time explaining the story. <laughs> Uh, this game does not spend enough time explaining yeah <laughs> um, so you can go the other way too, is what I'm saying, and it's not like cool, like dark souls where you have to figure it out no it the, you don't know what's going on, and you can't figure out what's going on <laughs> in a meaningful way mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's the game, and I don't know where I'm going with that, <laughs> but I think I'd have more to say if I knew what happened. yeah
0: <laughs> <That's the> problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it should be, you shouldn't need to be looking for, like, you know,
2: going on like I don't TV know, trope. like,
0: explain, explainers online.
2: Yeah, going, like, like, TV tropes or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: to try and, like, figure out, like, at the end of a video game, like, what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, which isn't to say that, like, video games can't have, like, ambiguous, we're kind of, like, arty endings you know but it's it's like yeah there's there's a big difference between like you know near near uh, automata like ending in a kind of a very open-ended way you know because that's kind of like what's what you know it's it's like thematically true and it feels feels right but uh yeah when you have a game that's pretty much been like here's a straightforward story and then have you you have it like kind of like fall apart in the last I'd say I don't know last quarter of the story where it just stops like making any kind of sense. Um, yeah. it's really yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Putin
1: was a robot. Uh, there's a little, there's a tiny god inside the bad guy's mouth who's controlling his corpse. Uh, and the bad guy is you from the, fu- not you, I'm sorry, the holder of your title from the post-apocalyptic future. Yeah. Like, the, the, it's not ambiguous. The game has a plot. Like, there's a thing that happened. The people writing the game knew what the thing was that <laughs> happened. They did not tell us what that thing
2: was. Right. <laughs> yeah. And as uh, Paul said, it is a little, like, disappointing because, you know, you do, you do get a bit invested in the plot. Like, when you first start playing and stuff and, like, yeah, you, know, you you really get curious and kind of interested in like okay, so what's this whole thing going on? What's the mystery behind this uh, teenager and everything? And then like you know when you get towards the end, it just kind of starts falling apart, and then they don't explain anything, and it just doesn't really make much sense. And then it ends, you just kind of like oh, okay, thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know it's like earlier on, there's like really kind of like compelling twists and like. You know, like surprising things and like really cool stuff. You yeah. know, um, you know, and these this this idea that you're kind of like time loop or you know, it's like there's just really some really cool ideas that if they just had like kind of like nailed the last part of it mm-hmm. and pulled pulled it all together, this would have been up there with some of my favorite. SMT games. Yeah. That we've done so I far. agree.
1: Yeah. No, there's, there's really good stuff here. I mean, I feel a little. I, you know, I always wonder. I wonder how much of this is a translation issue. And I feel like some of it is. Uh, yeah.
0: I just wouldn't understand. Um,
1: but, but I don't think all of it could be a translation issue. Just because, like, you find out that the ultimate bad guy is, uh, you know, the bride of the whatever from the post apocalyptic future. And, you find that out in the space of like four lines of dialogue before the final four boss fights. I'm assuming that you probably find that out at the same time in the Japanese version. That's not enough time for that. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's just not. Um, so I think some stuff, like especially some of the mythology things that just are not explained well or at all in the English version probably do make a lot more sense in the Japanese other, like just general pacing issues with the storytelling probably do occur in both languages, yeah,
0: yeah, I don't and I'd be curious to see like if any of this gets called back to or clarif- clarified uh, in the uh, in the sequel.
1: Yeah, I wonder as well.
0: But we're not going to be doing that one for a while.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, any anybody else want to have any wrap-up thoughts, or uh, should we just move on to what's coming up next? Um,
1: I think I've said all I have to say about this game. It's good, but yeah, but there are problems uh, The combat system works surprisingly well for its clunkiness, and um, the story has some really good bits, some really cool creepy bits, uh, some major execution problems though
2: mm. yeah yeah, exactly it you know it has great style um, the action for this being like their kind of unfamiliar foray into it isn't bad at all. Uh, I was intrigued in the plot quite a bit, and it was just, you know, that was a huge letdown, but had some cool designs as well, though, including with the bosses. so. And overall, it's pretty decent.
1: Yeah, so um, play it if that sounds like a thing you're interested in, or, you know, just look at some of the cool cutscenes on YouTube, because those are, I think, the most objectively solid bits of the game. Just some really cool visual direction in those.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I would love to see like, you know, what they could do with like a remastered version. Yeah. That is sort of actually what we will be doing next. Which uh, as we are doing a one-off episode. It's gonna be um Lisa uh Serg or Fletch as he's known on the internet um and uh yeah you long-time listeners will know uh Fletch um he uh he's a he's a he's a good time um and myself and we are going to be doing one episode about um Strange, Strange Journey Redux. I keep on wanting to call it Deep Strange Journey.
2: <laughs> I know, it's the same is thing. The,
0: <laughs> yeah, the original title. Um, so yeah, and then after that, uh, we are going to be moving on to a game that is relatively recent, but already kind of hard to uh, get your hands on. But um, yeah, we are going to be doing a couple episodes about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. And um, yeah, it, which is, you know, if you're not that familiar with it, it's kind of a quote, it's ostensibly a crossover between Shimigami Tensei and Fire Emblem that somehow plays more like Persona. Yeah. And feels almost like a dry run for persona 5 so yeah but it is a really really interesting game in its own specific ways um have either of you had a chance to play through it
2: um I've played a bit of it yeah so you know I actually do like the uh the gameplay of it um I haven't finished it off yet which is what I'm going to you know take care of but it is it's really fun. It's uh it's a more polished, I guess, version of the um the one more uh system from like Persona Three, Four. And like you said, it's basically a dry run of Persona Five in that sense. In that sense of polish.
0: Yeah, I would say that Fire Emblem Warriors probably uh has more uh bears more resemblance to the main uh Fire Emblem games than uh Tokyo Mo- Tokyo Mirage uh Sessions uh Sharp F E. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. But uh yeah, I I actually um shipped my Wii U out to uh out to Alex so uh he could play it. <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting game to do. Um it's not a super long, deep game. I think we're probably just gonna do a couple episodes about it um you know if we feel like we need an extra third uh we will extend it but yeah i think it'll be kind of a cool little uh little uh side uh, side step yeah. for us
2: little breather you know
0: so anyway uh from us to uh from all of us to you thanks for listening um uh yeah plays uh rate and review us on itunes a the regular things mega marathon on facebook and twitter Megaton marathon at gmail uh is our email if you want to reach out um not enough people reach out and we love to get your messages um so uh yeah does uh anybody have anything that you want to plug at the end
2: um i would just i would just say you know not only can you reach us out the email but we all have twitter accounts as well and i love to nerd out on my twitter so (laughs) and um i also gotta remember to take pictures so you guys could see um the uh manual that i have for the my ps2 copy of this game um devil summoner and i also mm-hmm. i also have a rito figurine so i'll take a picture of that as well
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah so
2: uh it's very cute it even has uh you know goto next to him so it's very cute
0: <laughs> that's incredible
2: uh, so yeah i'll take pictures of that so you guys can all see it
0: i remember one of my uh favorite things that um i had for a long time and then i just ended up selling it because I didn't I like needed the money. Ah.
2: Um
0: I was uh you know, the original in disc copy of uh, Dark Souls. Oh
2: okay.
0: And but it was hilarious because like the uh manual I wish I had taken a picture of the manual because it tries to explain the story of the game. And it's clearly written by someone who knew nothing about the game, (laughs) and it's hilarious. It is, it's amazing. (laughs) It's it's amazing. Yeah, if anybody, yeah, I'm sure that if you like look up like Dark Souls manual like online, you you'll be able to find it. So
2: yeah, I think I will. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's a that's a good Google search. (laughs) Um, I don't spend a ton of time on Twitter, but I love like geeking out with people and it's awesome when people specifically, uh, at me about, uh, you know, uh, Shin Megami Tensei and persona stuff, that stuff I would definitely will look at. Um, so yeah, I'm just Paulum Davis on Twitter and I, I don't think I have anything else to, uh, plug other than that. Like, yeah, let's, let's all be conversating more.
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah and i'm um, the really simple uh a james three four seven i know very unique <laughs> nice. that's
0: out yeah that sounds like uh that sounds like uh one of those uh old uh, email addresses that you would get that's
2: literally what Thanks. i did i just took that beginning part and made that my handle
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, like something from Hotmail, where it's like...
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. Cool. Well, yeah, from all of us, thanks for listening. And uh, we will... Uh, some of us will see you next time with an episode about Strange Journey Redux. Awesome. All right. See you guys soon. Bye.
2: Yeah. yeah.